Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. Good afternoon. I'm Dave Villa. Good afternoon. I'm Tommy Elwell. And you you've got... tuned into Son of a Mom. Auto Dealer Live. The L Word. Auto Dealer Live. The L Word. I thought you guys were going to introduce yourselves. That's why I paused. I... Yeah, go we, ahead. My name is Monster Mike, and welcome to Auto Dealer Live, guys. <laughs> yes. And Who else do you have over there with you, uh, Mike? We don't have anybody. Oh. It's Ezra, man. Ezra. Hey, say hi, Ez. What's up? It's Ezra. Ezra, man, Ezra is what keeps behind it, the scenes. Thrilled keeps it going, here, man. Keeps it going. Thrilled to be here. We're glad to have you here, Good job, man. Ez. Nice to see you today. The L word. The L word, Dave, can be misinterpreted, can be reinterpreted, can be un, and then uninterpreted, and then re. Okay, I had this down. You can be unre re uninterpreted, mm-hmm. intro interpreted, right. The um, but what do we mean by the L word today? What, what, what was because we had at the meeting about this? Yeah, well, we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be discussing lead providers and and, and third party yes. leads and the um, the way to correctly vet them, the uh, possibly wasted distribution of them, or um, yes. maybe we're not doing any of them. You know, so we're gonna really kind of vet this, discuss it, and this is the prompt. Of it because, um, you know, I mean, you know, the, the goal here is to really help dealerships and help the auto industry. And so, this is a discussion that really I think dealers look for the answers on when we go to conferences or when we're discussing, you know, with the several hundred clients that we work with, we're discussing with them. They don't know. Listen, and this is not a slam on dealerships, this is just that you're really good, okay, as a dealer. At selling cars, you're really good at, you know, hanging paper. You're really good at desking a deal. You're really good at, you know, these things. And and and, and here's the thing: you don't have to be good at marketing. You just have to surround yourself with people who are. And um, it's it's actually, you know, not to get all political here, but it's the one thing. If I were like the mouthpiece of someone like Donald Trump, I would say, hey, look, you know what? Look, I don't have to be good at everything. I'm going to surround myself with people who are. It's called leadership. So say it, right? But here's the deal. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to make the car (laughs) business great again. Or you're fired. Or you're fired. It's going to be huge. (laughs) You kind of sound like... It's going to be a huge show. You sound like the mix between Donald Trump and uh, uh, and Billy Facillo. No, (laughs) Facillo is huge. (laughs) So we're going to make you huge, Florida. Huge. (laughs) So... Yes. We're going to discuss that, and, and here's the reason why. Dealers don't know. We discussed it with several hundred dealerships. When we talk to dealers, 
the ones that are really honest and transparent about transparent about it that are really trying to move the needle and have a budget to spend they care about their money they're going what do i spend my money on and and this is the reason why it's important because you're getting inundated with people who contact you on a regular basis trying to tell you that this is what you need to do and we have the answer and if you did them all a you'd have about 50 different personalities so you'd have 50 different you know things open on your computer screen at one time and you'd have leads coming in from all different sources and none of them are going to get worked and uh, you know and god forbid you, you guys start to see a lead that's seemingly unqualified to them and they piss all over the rest of them and they don't work any of them and you're you know off playing golf somewhere or you're not paying attention to it and you spent the money and lo and behold you come back and go hey how many cars did we sell off that tommy well i, I gotta be honest it kind of sucked why does it suck, man? I don't know. Just people weren't qualified. We didn't have, any, we didn't have a whole lot of traffic. Well, what are you not going to say, though? Tommy, what are you not going to say? Possibly, maybe you didn't work the leads. Are you going to tell me that? I will probably not tell my dealer principal that I did not thoroughly work these leads. If I'm the GM, good money on. if I'm the GM yeah. and you're the BDC manager, or I'm the GM and you're the finance manager and you didn't work the leads and you told me you didn't work them, it may go something like this. Hey, what happened, Tommy? Well, I didn't work the leads hey, properly. Tommy, you're fired. <laughs> okay, bye. All right, man. Well, here, you know what? This, this is near and dear to my heart because actually in this business, you know, Dave's my own, my owner, my boss, and we we you know leads are precious to us, and we we're super accountable for the leads we get. Um, if somebody you know if somebody takes the time to actually inquire about what we do, we're held accountable for those. You know what I mean? And well, we Dang should straight. be, and, and well, we should be. And guess what? We actually, if we work them properly, we close a lot of them. That's right. So. so the conversation may go something like, "Hey, Tommy, man, what's up with those uh, with those, with that sale we did or those leads we got?" Which, which leads are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Hey, boss, you know something, man? Yeah, you know, those are really crap leads. You know, I mean, we, we called and we got a few of them on the phone. But you know what, man? I don't know where they, they got those leads from. But, man, I tell you what, they, they, they none of those people, they said they were having credit apps or they were looking for a car. But, God, man, all these people just bought and blah, 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 blah. And all the boss has got to do is hear that for a little bit. And all of a sudden he goes, I'm not throwing money at good that money again. After bad, right. Yeah, I'm not going to throw good money after bad money. So I'm not going to do it. The lead company calls up and goes, hey, hey, those leads were great, right? No, they weren't. My guy said, we didn't sell anything on him. So guess what happens? He never does it again, and it's not your fault. It's And so the dealers that really care, and this is what we're going to talk about today, they want to know what do I spend my money on? What works? What doesn't? What should I tell to go fly off the side of a cliff? What should I look at? How should I vet that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, if, I mean, if really, what is a lead? If you look at, like, the old school definition of a lead, a lead is, is, is somebody that should be somewhat warm, right? If you have a lead on somebody that, hey, that, you know, I got a lead. I'm a detective. I've got a lead. Oh, I you got know? a hot lead. Hey, hey, boss, I got a lead on that. Uh, on, on, on that I'm going to need you to get right on that. Yeah. Hey, Joe, I'm going to need you to get right on that. I have a hot lead on that burglary, man. You know, I got a tip. Hey Arnold, I'm gonna punch you next time I see you. By the way, you 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 got this familiarity thing. Like you think we we're good with each other. I'm gonna punch you next time I see you. I said I said Dave's my owner. He's the owner of my company. Is what I said. Did he right? pull out like a slave? Reference? I said Dave's my owner, and he quotes me on it. I'm gonna punch you in your nuts. I'm gonna give you a nut punch the next time I see you. Huh? You gonna like that? You gonna have some words to say when I punch you right in your nards? Speaking of things said on Twitter, <laughs> remember to tweet us oh, using geez. the hashtag Auto Dealer. Hashtag. Oh, thank you, Mike. I almost forgot in the in the in my in my furious anger that I was just erupted in, in. Your um, beard, your beard, man, in the screen there looks a little. You know, it looks a little healthy, man. It's got some. Got some. I'm trying good, to find some new product for it to set it down. So it reminds me of the episode of Cheers. We're gonna go to commercial in a second. And hey, we're gonna, Nami, what are you doing with a beard? They're growing my beard out, Nami. Like a beard growing contest. You know what I'm saying? Like. Your beard's growing pretty quick. It's kind of like that Alec Baldwin on that Cap One commercial where he's like, and he just thinks about it, and his beard grows. I do. I have. I have that ability. I'm of Italian heritage, so 
That's awesome. Um, I'm pretty hairy. Hey, we're going to um, go to commercial break because we're going to get to the real deal. The reason you're listening today, we're going to bring on our all-star panel. Um, these are the real reason that you're listening to this show today because these guys and gals are going to talk to you um, and going to explain in their opinion why the L word or third-party leads is a relevant discussion and is needed to uh, it needs to be discussed and talked about today on Auto Dealer Live. Let's so don't go anywhere. It. Let's talk about it, please. The next up after is the L World World L World uh, L, L Word Word L panel. Word Panel. Peter Piper. You know what it was already. We already talked about it for the past five minutes. Go with the pros who know. Your dealership wouldn't trust its vehicles in the hands of an uncertified technician. So why trust its finances with accounting firms that don't know your business? Rosenfield & Company knows the automotive industry and has been serving dealerships like yours for over 20 years. We take pride in helping our clients grow from single point stores to some of the largest dealer groups in the country. We are more than just your accountants. Our team can guide you through mergers and acquisitions, operational reviews, succession planning, and more. Visit us on the web for more information at www.rosenfieldandco.com. Jason Rice from LotPop, and let me tell you what we do to help dealerships increase used car sales 20 to 30 percent in gross and volume. Three areas we focus on, trend reports, we look at weekly trends that no one else is trending to make adjustments on our inventory. Two is we do weekly review calls to review those trends, but also we dig through every car that needs to be price adjusted to increase the searches. And three, we do a virtual lot walk, make sure every car is standing tall in line and make sure we don't have bad photos like these. Check out our website, lotpop.com our blog at AutomotiveRevolution.com, and our weekly video tips at IncreasedTurn.com. Thanks. Hello, I'm Alan Ram, president and founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions. Let's face it, good managers are defined not by what they do when they have a showroom full of customers, but more by what they do when there are no customers in the showroom. In 2015, whether you like it or not, the car business is all about conversion of opportunities and driving traffic. All those great closers and desk people are not doing you a whole lot of good if your dealership is not converting effectively on the telephone and internet. As an owner or dealer, when you see five salespeople standing by the front door doing nothing, don't kid yourself. Your dealership is not being effectively managed. Management by Fire is a two and a half day intensive course conducted entirely by me that teaches managers how to effectively manage in today's automotive industry. Simple processes for driving high-quality traffic. For more information on upcoming events, please call my team at 866-996-4665. Once again, 866-996-4665. Thank you. Service Group has over 40 years of experience empowering dealerships to grow profits, develop personnel, and provide their customers with a high level of service. We offer high-quality products, world-class servicing, and innovative training and technology. Meet our team, first-class trainers. 
the best account managers, and an executive team that's second to none. This is your service group team. We look forward to giving your people the power to Max Profit Selling, an easy-to-follow, buyer-friendly sales process that will give you the tools, skills, and confidence to consistently sell premium vehicles to delighted buyers. To learn more about selling the way your customers prefer to buy, please visit NoPressureSelling.com or call 1-800-515-0034. Set it on air. Duty free. We're back, and uh, we're talking about the L word today. We're talking about third party leads, and we've got a great group of individuals um, with us today. Before we go on, uh, we do want to man just remember uh, Lisa Copeland's not going to be with us. She just called us a couple minutes before the show. Had an employee in a car accident, so uh, thoughts and prayers are with that employee, and she had to go take care of that. So, uh, without further ado, we've got Kevin Campbell, Jennifer Briggs, Matt Keenick, and Alan Ram. On with us for the L Word today. We're going to discuss third-party leads. Thanks, guys, for joining us. I want to jump right into this discussion. I want to throw this out there. Um, and uh, I want to ask Kevin Campbell. Kevin's uh, currently at Sandy Sansing, e-commerce director. And, um, you know, we're kind of uh, – several things that prompted this. Obviously, there's a million different avenues um, that, that constitute, including what some of the on the panel do, including us in third-party leads, Kevin. So it's a relevant subject all the way around the board. We'll never get to – the entirety of it uh, in today's show, it'll just scratch wow. the surface. But going off of, uh, there's something out there, AutoNation talks about uh, weaning itself off of third-party leads. And I want to just, um, in one part of what Mike Jackson, the CEO of AutoNation, says, um, he began to say how they're going online and this whole online purchase with their digital you know, storefront and so forth. We know they're doing that. And of course, they have 400 plus stores and they're huge and they can do whatever they want. But looking at it from a standpoint of regular dealerships, okay, are we, here's my question, and then Again, we can take this thing a million different directions forward. Starting with this, Kev, are we taking everything and trying to internalize it into a dealership? For instance, I see a dealership now with a printing press and a freaking, you know, they got you know, 65,000 people on the internet, on the on computers lined up, you know, in like a little room, you know. Here's my question, and I, no offense to dealers. I've worked with dealers for 20 years. The reason I'm successful is because dealers don't want to do what I do. Okay, they don't want to do a lot of times, you know, they don't want to do what they don't do. And so my question would be, without being insulted, it's a question. Would that be like taking every private company that serves the United States government and ending them as a private company and letting the government start running them by taking everything and internalizing it inside of dealerships? Would that be a fair comparison? No, absolutely not, Dave. I mean, dealers are already creating their own links now with their own website. Mm -hmm. um, is there a need for third-party leads? I think definitely there's a need for it. I mean, sometimes you need that extra traffic, but mm -hmm. it's just all how you manage them. You've got to got to check the ROI and manage them. And and I'll be honest with you, I shuffle third-party third-party lead vendors like none other. I hire them and fire them and turn through them because I know at some point they're hoping that you're not going to track the ROI. And the quality of the leads get worse, and I've seen it. I've seen it for years and years and years. There are some really great vendors out there that mm -hmm. 
that, that I do do business with on a constant basis, but they're few and far between. They like really, really like who? If you had Kevin, if you had to like name a good vendor, who would you, who would you name? Uh, <laughs> who's who's the strongest? Who's one of the strongest closing vendors, Kevin? Come on. Well, I'm telling you right now, I like Cars Direct. I've been with Cars oh, Direct at all their stores. Oh, hey, I think Kevin's, uh, Kevin's Kevin, something happened. The, the signal's missed, going out. Kevin is in a tunnel. Oh, he's in a tunnel. He's Skyped in a tunnel. No, we, were, we are talking about smart mail. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> oh, smart mail. Yeah, that's good that you mentioned that. Actually, they're a quality. Yeah, they, talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. Plug for you guys. <laughs> um, no, but as long as you're tracking the ROI and you're not just spraying the leads out to your, to your guys. I mean, what we do here internally is, you know, we've got a BDC that handles all the phone calls and all the all the website generated leads, but we give we give specific lead sources to certain salespeople and we hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. And if it's not performing, we'll either you know we examine is it the salesperson or is it the lead, and then we adjust from there. But we think that um, there's definitely a need for it. You know, these guys are in the stores for hours, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, and you want them being productive. And I think churning through leads is a, is a great way to keep them. I mean, it's a grind, but it's a great way to keep them busy, keep them motivated. Okay, Matt. Matt Koenig is here with us. What's up, Matt Koenig? What's up, boys? What's up? You know, I think it's cool. Kevin just hit on it. You know, we talked about it a long time ago. We, um, we, when we started the whole uh, Spanish classified deal, we said, listen, um, your your end game should be to have your own portal, right? Um, listen, Cars.com and Edmonds and Auto Trader, do they drive leads? Yeah. Do, do some dealers see great benefit? Absolutely. And I think, like Kevin said, you got to check the ROI. Even as a as a vendor, as somebody who as somebody who co-owns a company designed to add leads to dealers, what we saw was more and more dealers saying, I want my own, I want my own, I want my own. So we said, well, if you want your own, then we need to be smart enough to shift gears and serve what you need. So we said, let's shift gears and let's help them start with their own Spanish websites so they can build a presence, build awareness the way they want to. Now, does that mean we, we throw out the baby with the bathwater? Absolutely not. Instead, we said, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's make a better version of this classified model. Let's, let's, let's develop into this something that's going to generate great ROI, not take away from what the dealers have on their own, and, uh, and really help kick it to the next level. I think there's a need for both, but ultimately thinking like a dealer, I, I, would, love to, I would love to own as much as possible in-house. I think the challenge is, and Dave, you hit it earlier, is, is, is not just that the dealers don't want to do it themselves necessarily, but a lot of times they just don't know how. You can't be an expert at running all the programs of your OEM and closing deals and leading your people, and then turn around and be a PPC expert. Or, or be a Facebook marketing expert. And, and so you, you either have to have a, a staff that you hire and you got to bring some expert in to train them, or you got to rely on the experts and shift some money out of house. So I think it's a fine line, man. I think there's good opportunity in both areas, but I know many dealers have a desire to bring as much as possible in-house, and, and I can't say that I blame them for that. I just don't <laughs> think that it's a reality for 8 out of 10 of them because they just don't have the right staff or training to get where they want it to be. And, and I'm thankful for that because that means it keeps folks like you and me in business and Tommy's beard then can still be powerful at closing deals. With <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, well, let me ask them. Hey, Jennifer, yeah. let, Jimmy, Jennifer let, let me ask you this um, in, line, in line with what something uh, that Kevin said. Is it the leads or is it the people? The leads a week. Well, the effing leads a week. No, you're weak. It's like that, right? Right. Right. So, 
it, it's always it always boils down to people in process, right? I am not, and nor is my company, a fan of third-party leads. I think that I, I've made that very clear over the years that I do believe in generating my own opportunities for the stores. But, I, again, uh, like Matt said, for 8 out of 10 dealers, it's, it's not a reality. They're, and partners aren't helping them to do that. But it, you always have to look at your process first. You need to examine that and make sure. And I love that Ke- that Kevin said because it's the same thing that I did. I had different salespeople specializing in different lead sources. Every type of lead source is delivering you a different type of consumer. If you don't know the difference between a lead that's generated on your own website and one that comes from Edmunds.com or from your OEM's website, then you're not doing it right because those consumers have gone through a different experience and they're expecting you to engage with them. Edmunds is a review website. They're going to be looking for something different than if it was an AT lead where they're just comparing models. But I'm sorry. I am, and I know we're not there, and I'm ready to help any dealer that wants to get there. I am about direct action buyers. In my company, we're actually not using the L word. We don't want to use that. They're buyers. They're people looking to buy a car. So treat them that way and stop treating them like a lead. So, yes, the boils back down to it's the, it's the salesperson or the process. Then examine your lead source. And you have to. Whether, whether you're generating it in-house, you're hiring somebody, Inspect it. Measure that ROI. Kevin, what type of ROI are you looking for on your lead sources? You know what? Can I just jump in on that, though, real mm-hmm. quick? Because, you know, Jen talked about that, but let, let's, let's face it right now. Third-party lead providers, lead provider companies, okay, none of them would exist if people didn't, didn't have those uh, fears, you know, whether or not they were going to get the right info from the dealer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Many of the third-party companies you see out there now, and I'm going to use Edmonds as an example because Jen brought it up, and I helped them launch their direct-to-dealer program. Well, I launched it for them because they tried and That's failed. That's why I brought it times. up. <laughs> but, but when they started that, uh, Edmonds did a couple things. One, they built their network by doing reviews and, and making their money off the OEM. And then the way that they got in the dealer's door was saying, look, we're done with all this stuff that makes you guys look like buttholes. And then they got the <laughs> consumers converting to leads, and then they got dealers to write checks, and then they went, well, now that you're writing checks and you're getting traffic, we can slowly shift back to what we believe in. Here's the reality. Mm-hmm. If every third-party vendor uh, that, that generates leads online d- vanished tomorrow, all right, none of us existed, then the only place for the consumer to go would be the dealer. So if, dealers really took, if they all took their money today and shifted it all into their own stuff, tomorrow they would, they would still be short a hell of a lot of leads because it doesn't happen overnight. But could they plan two, three, four years from now to be their own, uh, to generate all the traffic, draw to them? Yes, they could. But I'll tell you right now, as big as, as Cardinelli's group is, for example, mm-hmm. they don't spend what Edmunds spends. They don't spend what Cars.com spends. They no. can't outspend TrueCar. So the challenge is, even if you invest all your time, money, and effort, you're still going to be competing on page one of Google because Google's not going to show 10 pages of your dealership. They're going to exactly. go for variety. So that being said, it doesn't hurt you to be in a couple other places as long as they're getting you ROI. But if you're seeing that you're leaving I, it on your end and picking it up there, then you got to weigh that out. No, and, and I agree, but I, I just want to say one thing. As far as competing against those providers, our strategy doesn't compete at Carnali. So what we do is we're not fishing in the same pond that they are. You've got to know what your strategy is and when you're targeting those people to get those buyers to convert. And and dealers do need to look at that. Even if you are working with a third-party lead provider, you still need to look at your contact to sold days. 
we talk closing rates, we talk what's the ROI and the growth, but how long is it actually taking you to close that lead? Look at your auto trader lead. Is it 52 days? Is it 60 days? What's the yeah, difference there? Because think closing, of it like you're turning right? your... Yeah, but I mean, what type of effort? It's like an inventory turn, right? Yeah. The more frequently you can turn it, the quicker you can close that opportunity, you're on to the next. That's the difference between generating your own leads as a dealer and buying third-party leads. Well... Well, and, let me, and let me let me before we let me let me kind of get Alan involved here as well, just uh, real quick. Um, and Kevin, I know she asked you a question on what your your you know you, what you expect with an ROI, but you know let's let's understand that. And I understand Jen. And by the way, I think this discussion makes the car business better. This is why it's better because you have a lead provider in Matt, and then you have you know a trainer obviously in, in a former dealer, Alan. You have a current a uh, couple of people that are currently at dealerships. One who says, hey. You know, you can have it both ways. You need, um, you know, Kevin said, but you need some third-party leads. And Jen says we don't, we don't want any. So, um, you know, but going into it, let's also open up the spectrum of, of. There's a lot of things that fall under leads. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, and again, a lead. And I, and, and Jen, I heard you with terminology, but then I could hear someone saying, you know, uh, I saw a couple of tweets coming through with this type of discussion. Okay, who cares what we call it? It's a lead already. Let's not, you know. In other words, it's a it's a lead or it's a customer. It's whatever. It's not really how you what you call them. It's how you it's how you handle them. You know. Um, so, Alan, weigh in on this because it is important. And I think one of the things I want you to comment on, Alan, is as well as take it into how does a dealer even know what? And let's say they want to. Because if they don't do anything, they don't have someone like Jen there, they, like the Cardinale group. So if they don't do anything, they're as dead as a doornail on the 10th of the month. They're sitting around watching their guys, as you classically say, smoking cigarettes at the, on the point. you know. And so they call up a company and go, hey, I need a shot in the arm. What can you do for me? So how do they even know what to do? Because there's so many freaking people out there telling them what they should do. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily say smoking cigarettes out on the point. <laughs> I say... Guy, four guys standing around for three hours with their thumb up their ass talking about Donald Trump and ISIS. Okay. That's, uh, they might have a cigarette. But you know, they may. <laughs> yeah. now, who was it that, that – uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure they do. It's, uh, who was it that said – was that Tommy Elwell channeling uh, Alex Baldwin from Glengarry Glen Ross? I, that's what I was doing, yes. Okay. <laughs> Coffee's for closes, Alan. Give me the good lead. Let me continue that conversation because that was a, that was a great movie. So you remember the, the, the scene in Glengarry Glen Ross when Jack Lemon comes after Kevin Spacey and he says, hey, man, I can't be working. You, you keep giving me these weak, worn-out leads, these people that aren't going to buy. I've been working the, we've been working these leads for the past four years. I need some of the good leads. I need the Glengarry leads. Do you, you all remember that scene in that movie? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, in the, the, in the car business, I think in, in, in a way – we're kind of like reverse Glengarry Glen Ross. We have access to all the best leads internally, and yet we're out looking for more crappy leads. And, and here's what I would ask any dealer to investigate. And, and I have dealers ask me that question all the time. You know, what do you think as far as lead sources? Who are the best? And the first question I'll ask them is, how good a job do you do, does your dealership do, at working their sold customer base? For example... Do you have a, a program, you know, how, how good a job are you doing bringing people back into the market? How, what percentage of your people do a good job working their sold customer base? 
And I think that, you know, a lot of dealers will still tell you, well, we don't do a very good job at that, or maybe 10% of my people do a good job at that, okay? Well, my next question would be, what about working your service drive? What about flipping service customers back to sales? Guys like John Marazzi, and he's probably the the best one I can think of, that guy has a, a, a program in his service department they sell 150 to 180 cars a month out of their service drive because they have a very active service back to sales campaign. So before a dealer goes out looking for some of these weak, watered-down leads that have been sold to how many other dealerships, I would ask that they first investigate how good a job they're doing with their own database. How good a job are we doing working our sold customer base? How good a job are we doing flipping service customers back to sales. And, and it was, uh, I, I believe you quoted Mike Jackson of uh, AutoNation at the outset here. Well, I heard, I was in a meeting that I did for uh, Asbury. I did one for, for one of the MMDs of the Asbury Automotive Group. And he had mentioned that David Hult, who is the COO of Asbury, had told a group of their GMs, hey, we don't need more leads. And I, and I would agree with this. David Hult's a sharp guy. He's, I think he's an Army guy. Um, he said, we don't need more leads. We just need to do a better job with the opportunities that already exist at our dealership. And that, that's exactly where I'm going to leave it. That's my stance on that topic. We need to do a better job with what we've already got before we go looking to the outside for more. Now, you've got, what you've what you got to do is just find the people on your team who – who specialize in those certain things. You're not going to have everybody in your team who knows how to go and data mine and find equity and sell those customers. You know, you're going to find the, the two or three that can because that's what we do. We've, had, we've, you know, we've got equity champions. You know, they, we've decided, hey, they're great on the phone. They know how to use the tool, and we open up the database to them, and they are grinding the entire database to find those equity customers. But then we've got other people who want to work their leads. You know, they like to they like to grind. They like to be busy all day. They're here for 10 hours and they want something to do and they love pounding those phones. And hey, if it's a bad lead, it's still a conversation. Not everybody that walks on your lot is going to be able to buy a car or be qualified, but you're still going to ask those people for referrals and people in their family. It's just you've got to have the right steps. I don't think there's any bad leads. And with every lead, you're going to get an email address and that's just free marketing years and years down the road. I just don't as long as you measure your ROI and you have a CRM culture where you can track that ROI and hold people accountable, I don't think there's really, I mean, there's some really bad lead companies out there, mm-hmm. um, and that's, but you can find some good ones out there, and that's for our dealer group. Not a single manager across seven stores is allowed to buy a lead. I handle all the leads for all the stores because I know all the companies, and I'm not going to let somebody, I'm not going to let one store across the street from mine be doing business with the same company selling with the same leads, just like I'm not going to let somebody sign up with a terrible company who we've never had luck with. Mm-hmm. Well, and I and think, I, Kevin, I even before you and I, on that, what Alan was saying, even before you and I, someone in our position, we were putting the right players in place to do the difference between an inbound and an outbound campaign because the equity and the service lane, those are outbound contacts. So often, Internet sales teams or BDCs are trained just to handle incoming, so those leads. But even before you and I have to do it, the dealer principal has to be bought into it. Um, I've participated with the OEMs on programs to look at the dissension rates, and I've grown groups tremendously through conquest 
And when we shifted to try to reduce the dissension rate from our customers, so working the service lane harder, working the loyalty and retention harder, the dealer principals were like, oh, wait, no, but how many conquests, how many new customers did I get? I'm telling you, we just lost 500 customers who bought from us within the last three years because they bought somewhere else. But we want to worry about 50 new ones incoming. So it is about buyers and not leads. Because what Alan is saying is work your database, work your buyers, your customers first. And we have a hard time focusing on that. I 100% agree there. Kevin, you mean throw this? The keyword you hit is first, though. And that's where it all comes back to. Because like Sean Stapleton, uh, you know, everybody here is catch and keep, catch and keep, right? We've been saying the same thing ever since we started our, our stuff. We said it's all about getting and keeping customers. Alan's right. You've got to start with a highest closing ratio, highest loyalty, highest gross profit, everything is, which is your current base. But here's the reality. Mm-hmm. Eventually, all those people get old and die. So you do still need to farm for business. And you need to start building relationships. They may be further down the road, but hell, if it's only the people we got now, they're all going to end up dead and we all have nothing. Well, so you got to get them somewhere. And I don't mean you got to go out and buy garbage, but you really have to build new relationships. Let me, let me say this. Yeah, Matt, let me say this. I mean, in a couple of things here to kind of maybe take the conversation a little, little further here. I mean, yeah, I, and I agree with you because let me ask you this. I mean, well, first of all, I get it because we've got a lot of issues in the car business. Okay, NADA, Alan hit on a percentage. Well, NADA statistics say 15% of dealerships accurately mine their data i think that's probably generous okay so that means 85 percent don't so here's here's the deal obviously we all know that that's low-hanging fruit and that's number one we need to stop the hole in the bottom of the bucket before you can put more in it but what matt's saying is is a hundred percent right in my opinion because i'm born and bred of hey i want to move forward and take what's not mine you know i mean i'm sorry and so that's my question kevin and i know you said that um you know jen's saying she doesn't believe in outside leads and, and I'll let her qualify that I'm sure she believes in growth and taking business that's not just her customers but uh, Kevin the question would be you know two, twofold number one mining your own data um, there are lead provider companies because dealerships need tools to do that not sometimes not just their CRMs to do that but like maybe equity mining tools and different people that tell them for instance like John Marazzi and Alan referred to I know he happens to use a tool that actually tells him when somebody's in the service drive that's in equity position and might even notify him at his desk that hey John Smith's in the service drive he's driving a 2008 Honda Accord and he's in this equity position so there's a lead provider company that's telling him how to mine his own data to get his guy off his seat to walk 25 feet into the service drive to sell the customer so we, we have a bigger problem and so number one I want you to comment on that and then um, number two uh, what about commenting comment on you know taking what's not yours you know, if you're not doing anything outside, is there someone down the street that's kicking your tail because they're getting business that you're not even having access to? And Jen, I will let you comment on that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm itching for that right. one. Uh, yeah, yeah I, just, I don't think it, as far as the equity mining, I just think the technology has gone so far past what we can expect our salespeople to do. I mean, you can't expect a salesperson to efficiently sit there and calculate rebates and equity in terms of the, the customer's loan and try to say, oh, let me do the math and run back and forth with their destiny manager 15 times trying to figure out if you can get their same payment on the new car. You need the technology for that. It just makes you efficient. And so, yeah, all of our stores have, have equity mining tools. Um, we use Auto Alert. It's a great tool for us, it, you know, and it does exactly that. Um, it tells you which customers in your DMS mm-hmm. can get a new car. Uh, easily with no money down and not only we take it a step further when we know that customer is going to be in the service lane we've already got that new vehicle that they qualify for it's cleaned up and it's sitting outside shiny 
And when they're watching Judge Judy drinking your coffee, we're running up next to them and saying, hey, come look at this new car while we change our oil, you know. And it's just those processes have to be there. But, yeah, you've got to have you've got to have that tool just to, to expect your salespeople to just trust on, on an inaccurate CRM that's trying to do the math for you. I just think isn't the way to go. Okay. Do you have any well, comments? The other part, well, the other part was well, in it, the other part was um, kind of a, uh, setting it up. What Jen's I'm oh, sure Jim's going to Yeah, market share. I mean, what about the dealer next to you that's that's going that's reaching out and, say, and, one and owning the market because they maybe they are maybe they found the holy grail. I, I don't know one dealer who's not constantly looking at the pump in pump out reports. I mean, that's something mm-hmm. that we constantly talk about is who's selling cars in your backyard and who you're selling cars to in their backyard. It's just. The OEMs want you to do it. You've got to get the market share. But is Jen, Jen, are you saying that you do that in house? I mean, you don't need anybody to help you do that. Are you missing anything yeah, by doing that, or you know? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess you could look at how Cardinelli has climbed up the awards e dealer list over the last four years, and you tell me if I'm missing anything. But the difference <laughs> is, is I own my market. By taking control of my advertising, I don't need to invest with AutoTrader. I don't need to buy leads from third parties when I can generate my own. Does that mean I'm not spending money to get that market share? No. It means I'm controlling it. I'm out there, and I am working, and I do have super smart people, but not every dealer can bring it in-house. I have SEM experts Mm -hmm. that can go out and do super targeted campaigns, and I can get in front of those people. I own my backyard. Then I go out for pockets where I see the dissension on the pump-in and pump-out reports where there may be a dealer who's weak. And I am going to go, and I'm going to pepper their area with geofencing, but I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to generate those opportunities with my advertising and my branding. I am not relying on a different vendor to do that for me. It is something, as a dealer, you have to own that brand, and not everybody is ready. And I have been quoted as saying, lead providers are going to be a necessity for Mm -hmm. most dealers. They really, truly are, because they don't have the capability to do that. But what I'm saying is, if you're a dealer and you want to figure out how to take back control of that, just ask. We'll tell you. We've done it. Um, we're happy to share that with anyone. And you may still have a mix. And right. like Kevin said, it's just about ROI. As long as you're making your money off of it, then great. If you've got a lead provider that is crushing it for you, awesome. Keep rocking it out. But if you're not constantly growing your market share, and that's what we need to talk about, internet sales penetration and market share. I give to whatever is about a closing rate. I want to know what my internet sales penetration is, and I want to know how I'm growing that market share. That's when I know when I'm owning it. Hmm. it, it let me let me throw something out there. Then, it, Alan, um, or, or I guess Matt, let me ask you this question, and I'm going to ask a question for Alan. And I'll let you guys go back to back, Matt. Is that a control? It, okay, because Jen hit it on the head with, "Hey, it's not for everybody," and I understand that she's a rock star. No, no, you know, no plug. Uh, intended on Rockstar Auto Conference there, Matt. But uh, oh, or maybe. Love it. But is is that a control thing? And I'm not saying that about her owner. But is that a control yeah, thing, yeah, Matt? It's okay. It's, is is it a, is it a control thing or is it a smart business thing? And then the second, it's let me. A mix of both. Okay, but hold that answer. Let me ask Alan this question so we can just go right. He can come and piggyback and have time to think about his answer. Alan, last uh, two weeks ago, Grant Cardone was on the a show. I went down to Miami. Last week, he and I were talking about uh, one thing that came up that was had nothing to do with the show, but it has to do with this show, actually. Um, but it has to do with something you just said, Alan. He and I were talking about how difficult it is in the years that we've sold car dealers, okay, to hire car people 
And Grant's reason said that we both have had not very good success with car people in the arena of sales selling car dealers. My, I have my theory, and it's not for the show, but his theory, I happen to agree with as well, is that we don't give them leads, that they're used to getting leads, and if they don't have a lead given to them, then they don't want to go out and get a lead. Now, no offense to Kevin and, and guys like that, because there's, there's exceptions, but that was his opinion, Alan. So I'm going to give that to you and let you kind of comment on it. But Matt, is it a control thing or a smart business thing? <clears throat> I think it's a mix of both. Here's the thing, you know, uh, Jen talks about like they, they keep control of their stuff. They do it, you know, they, they have their branding, their everything. They also own an advertising company that does it for dealers. So while we they create house and they have control of it, they also recognize, like Jen said, the fact that most dealers aren't in a space where they can do it for themselves. So here's what I say. I think that your end game, like Alan brought up earlier, should always be to farm control, you know, work from within house and, and, and do that. I think you also have to be mindful of looking to see where can I draw in new opportunities to build relationships with people. And listen, you know what Jen said, you know, the way that she knows she rocks is market share. Kevin Campbell, the way I know is my closing ratio. You know, most people, the way that they know they rock is they just keep watching their bank account accelerate. So however the hell you get that number to grow, I think you're doing something right. If it's going down, then perhaps you need to change your strategy. But if the money's coming in and your customer satisfaction level, of course, stays high, I mean, obviously it goes without saying above board and being ethical. But if, if the bank account keeps growing and people still love doing business with you, then you're, you're probably doing something right, whether you did it all in-house or whether you went and got a third-party provider. And I will agree with Alan. I don't believe at all and going out and just writing rippers just to get a pile of names and email addresses that are just garbage. I think that's just silliness. I think if you're going to do business with a third party, make sure you're looking at somebody who cares about growing your business and, and having a relationship so they're not trying to funnel leads in at, you know, five, six bucks a piece just to keep eating off of your plate. That's all. Alan, do you, remember the, do you remember the question that I uh, asked you, Alan? Yeah, it was, uh, um, as far as to sell dealers, as far as who's best equipped, and your your conversation with Grant, that's, uh, that, that's interesting. Um, well, it just goes along with what you I, said a minute ago, because you had a different take on and, and this whole thing. You were talking about, you know, you were talking about the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross leads, and you were talking about give me the good leads, and he ironically said he had a, he's had horrible in the last 20 years, and so have I. In, in hiring car people. Like, I hire salespeople that sell under industries and teach them how to sell to car dealers, but he was having problems. And one of the things he said that car salesmen, in some cases, have been so used to being handed leads and given leads that they don't know how to go out and grab them. So they would sit possibly in, in, in they don't they don't make it because they're not given leads or they're not handed leads. And, and, and maybe in selling a dealer, you have to. I was going to say, Candace Crane actually chimed in on Twitter and said, car, car sales reps do not prospect. No surprise, they don't know how to hunt. They can cold call, but not prospect. Um, what say you about that? Well, she said that. So she took it. She's not hosting the show, but she took. She, hey, thank you, Candace, for for giving. What do you say, Alan? I mean, so I mean, I just think that goes along with what you were saying, kind of, and maybe puts a different spin on on leads, and maybe why dealers are apprehensive. You know, it's uh, yeah, I, I it's when it comes to. To selling dealers and salespeople not knowing how to prospect again some some salespeople don't and uh, I, I think it was it was kevin that was on a minute ago right yes yeah he's still on yeah. i think audio yeah and kevin, yeah, I'm, I, I, yeah i'm still here I'm trying to get my laptop started you know a lot of it is is a, a, a training issue they don't know how to prospect because and, and i've heard grant say this before as an industry we do a terrible job of training our people in general 
So they don't know how to prospect. They don't know how to, to handle a phone call. They don't know how to follow up. But, again, I think it all boils down to a culture where training is seen as optional. We don't necessarily all give them an environment that's conducive to prospecting, to working. That's why a lot of these dealers should still have these open floors, which absolutely make no sense at all. And, and, and I think that's the, the, the crux of the matter. So I've had people, you know, Laura Madison, she knows how to prospect. She knows how to make a phone call. She knows how to ask for a referral. So I think it just, it just depends on a lot of what we're talking about here is, you know, again, why they won't do. And, and I hear that a lot. Well, our, we, we, we know our salespeople won't do it, or we know our managers won't do this. And that's been a lot of my, uh, those have been a lot of my debates with people mm-hmm. over the past few months or past year and a half, however long I've been doing it. But again, it all boils down, I think, to a lack of training and a lack of process at these dealerships. So, so my solution would be, Let's look at the training and let's look at the, the process that they have. And one thing I wanted to pipe in on is, is, is you all were talking about equity mining tools, uh, the auto alert and some of these tools. You know, I, I think that a lot of dealers tend to think of equity as being the holy grail. But Kevin will tell you this. How, how often do we work deals and get customers, sell customers cars where they're three, $4,000 upside down? So, so to me, yeah. I don't think we should necessarily just be focused on equity. I think we need to focus. If we wait till equity, we're about a year and a half too late with, with a lot of these customers. Would you agree with that? I agree. Yeah, I, I think, actually, when I search for equity, I'm looking for negative three. And up. when I do an equity campaign, I'm looking for the people that are just under to start where I'm going. I never wait for positive equity. Exactly. Is that is that because, you know, Kevin that and Jennifer, is that because, you know, that customer possibly is starting to want a car, but they don't think they can get a car. They think they're still maybe a little upside down, a little maybe you know maybe further away than they would like to be. But then they start getting dripped on by you and some or contacted, and all of a sudden they're like, "Man, you know what? I'd love to have a new car because I'm tired of my old one." You know, well, I mean, yeah, I, know, I, mean, yeah. I, gotta, I don't I, ever wait till my lease is up. Bear- <laughs> I'm like six, no, seven months left of my lease. I'm trained. Right. When you can handle that with rebates and incentives, and they may not realize that, and they may think they have to wait till the lease is coming up. The market that I operate in, the, the lease penetration is ridiculous. I'm talking 67% of new car sales are leases. So, I mean, we deal with that all the time, but we have those. That's what rebates and incentives are for. for. Trade them in and trade them up. Bury it, man. Um, Tommy's looking through Twitter here, but Kevin, let me let me let me ask you this because I know this is kind of getting off of lead provider type things, but I mean, and Kevin, is it really come down to then? This is what it seems to always come back to, and Alan seems to always bring us to brings makes us cognizant of this. In my opinion, it comes down to people who are willing to freaking work hard and and think out of the box because anything's a lead. I mean, my God, if you go to the freaking, you know, I mean, you know, everybody drives and, and if you think out of the box and you want it bad enough, you'll find a lead. So, I mean, you well, know, that's, that's what I was going to say, because I saw that, that, that <clears throat> quote from Twitter and I thought they, you know, she said that most people weren't, they don't know how to hunt, but I'm thinking that's just an excuse. Is that just an excuse? Lazy salespeople use so they can get, <laughs> you know, that like, I don't know how to hunt. I don't you pick up a hunt. phone and you ask somebody a question and then you follow up with them. And, you know, I mean, like, I mean, is it, is it so complicated <laughs> that we don't know how to do it? Or is it that we just are, are stupid lazy and we'd, and we'd rather be handed here? Here's somebody that responded to a mail piece or called in off an Internet banner ad or whatever. You know what I mean? Are we just is it, I think it's just an excuse for lazy salespeople. Hmm. 
Well, this is recorded, right? I know, but, but I mean, Alan Ram trains them, and if Alan trains them, and, and the owner is bought in, and they're going to hold their team accountable, they're going to know how to do what he's training them to do, right? At the end of the day, if they go, if they don't know how to hunt, do they, you know? It, it look look at who their leader was, right? So if they have good leadership, like a John Marazzi or somebody like that, who's helping their people grow, then the chances are that person knows how to hunt. That person knows how to do it right. You get somebody out of a store that's burning through, you know, salespeople every every twelve to eighteen months. That's, that's not somebody you're going to probably want to hire. Not because they're a bad human being, but if you're going to hire them, you need to know you need to teach them to farm, you need to teach them to hunt, and you're going to probably need to teach them everything from the beginning and break all the bad habits that they had at the last five dealerships well, that they skipped through. When we as managers in a dealership can teach each and every single employee and train them that their desk is their own business and teach them and give them the tools to make their business successful, we'll be successful. I was just That's true, but it's very cliche in our business, though, Jen. Everybody gets told you're in your own business, thing. and then they get told, go broom the cars for free. I don't pay you for that shit. And, and they treat yeah. them like, a, a, like a free labor. So, No, I understand that. But when we're talking about management philosophies and principles and growing people and being able to not have that turnover and teaching them to hunt, does your staff know how to use the CRM on a mobile app to do a trade appraisal at the gas station? Do they? Why not? That is a management issue. If we talk about is it a lazy salesperson because they don't know how to prospect, again, and I've said it before, they don't know where they don't care. As a manager, you eliminate the don't know, and you'll know what you're left with. Well, Alan is loving you right now, Jennifer. Thank you. He is smiling. <laughs> here's, here's what I'm like. You know, and again, I keep coming back. The same thing that Jennifer was just talking about, you know, the managers hold them accountable and train. You know, it, it, it's as far as why salespeople won't do what we want them to do, most of the time, like I said, it's, it's a lack of training, a lack of process. Everything seems to be optional at, at, at many dealerships. But now let's, let's keep going back to managers. I know how I became a manager. I'll, I'll throw myself out there. I was selling a lot of cars at a Nissan dealership in San Diego. I'd been around long enough, and somebody looked up at the board and said, okay, we're going to blow out Albert. Who are we going to make the next manager? All right, who's selling a lot of cars? Yeah, Ram's selling a lot of cars. Congratulations, Ram, you are now the manager. So it's, it's you know, we, we, we tend to make people managers in this industry that don't necessarily qualify to be managers. And, and, and a lot of managers, they're great at working deals. They're good at structuring deals. They're, they're, they're all the best. Every one of them is the best closer I ever met. But when it comes to actually managing activity, managing process, training a staff, not all managers have those skills. And, and, and so I think we need to also look at that, that, that we have, you know, that managers need to be trained. It wasn't my fault that I didn't have those skills. You know, I needed to be trained. So I think, you know, we could keep going back over rehashing all that stuff. But I, I think a lot of it boils back to the same thing, a lack of training and process in the car business and and dealers that do a good job at that at, at, at these things those are your exceptional dealers the john morazzi's of of the uh, of the world those are the ones those are the ones i want to be dealing with anyway the ones that are that, that want to do the right thing not the ones that have weak management okay how are we going to get this done despite our weak managers well our managers won't do anything that's a problem that's you know train your managers to put the problem. right people in the right positions Awesome. Well, folks, hey, we got to start wrapping it up. And uh, somebody just tweeted out, be proactive, train your people so they can succeed at your dealership. Want to know how? You ask at, at the Allen Ram or at Laura Drive. So you got a little plug there, Allen. 
Um, Thanks. <laughs> um, Kevin, we're going to start wrapping things up, so just give your final thoughts. Just take a minute or two and just uh, – and obviously, this is a, a, a you know something that we could talk about for days, and probably I'm sure we'll have another episode about it at some point. But uh, Kevin, go ahead and give us your your closing comments, sir. And by the way, uh, yeah, Ka- by the way, Candace Crane did comment. I just want to say this too before you said that she did respond, which is actually maybe you can you guys can use this as fodder to Tommy's comment. Oh. She said hunting equals prospecting. Um, hunting, or I'm sorry, no hunting, hunting yeah, equals hunting prospecting. Is tr- hunting is strategic, requires a plan. Cold calling is just picking up the phone. So just she requires was you have a hand or a finger. She, no, she was saying basically she was besmirching you slightly, saying, "Oh, we're you know, uh, cold calling is what you were describing as hunting. Hunting requires a plan." But anyway, uh, I'm not okay. Gonna, well, so that's anyway, kind of that's kind of nitpicking. I mean, let's be. I'm okay. just saying. I know, kinda, but that's kind of nitpicking. She kind of owned you in that comment. She kind of did. But anyway, she, uh, she, Kevin, she, go ahead. She, she kind of owned you. Kevin, sh- shut up. <laughs> I'm just uh, sorry, I lost my video feed. Guys, my laptop. That's all right, bro. We can hear you good. Fantastic. No, I just, um, I just think that there is a place. I mean, obviously, that we know that the best, the best converting leads that you have are the ones that come through your website. But that's, that's not where it all is. I just uh, last week I posted a, a post on Facebook asking people that weren't in the car business. I was like, hey, if you had to buy a new or used car, where would you start? And I was just trying to rule out cars.com. To be honest, that was my, that was my plan. But you know, over 40 answers later, it was everywhere. Your customers are everywhere. It's hard to find out, you know, what they're what their click path is going to be throughout, you know, trying to find a car or a loan. So, um, obviously, I'm a fan of third parties as long as you've got the processes and the people in place to manage it and track your ROI. If you're making a, a decent profit at the end of the month, uh, great. And, you you know, you measure you measure your lead sources and you hire and fire them and churn them. Um, and that's just, it's worked really great for us as long as you really, really manage it. I see no problem with third-party lead sources. It's a great way to move the needle. All right, and Jennifer Briggs, uh, Bobby Heron said, how about this, just don't suck. Yeah, that was good. I retweeted that. <laughs> how about this, just don't suck, please. Thank you. That was that was censored. I'm sure she wanted to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your uh, closing um, remarks, Jen. So here, here's my closing remark on it. And I, I do agree, whatever opportunities you have, you need to maximize. But again, as a dealer, you need to decide. Um, are you going to work with third-party providers where you're going to have to chase them for longer, or do you want to take control? And you can get all your car deals from your website if you have a marketing strategy that drives the traffic there, and the site is optimized to convert those opportunities. But it doesn't matter if you have a badass strategy to convert all of those leads if you don't have the people in place to work the process to turn those opportunities into car deals. So it can't be one-sided. It's not just about leads. It's comprehensive about the opportunities that you create and what you do with those buyers to turn them into car deals and lifelong customers. Awesome. Mr. Ram on fire. What you got to say, buddy? I got nothing. I'm done. You're done? <laughs> no, I, yeah, You've I'm said enough, enough, haven't you? Yeah. Haven't you already said enough? I would say, yeah, I already said no. I would just prioritize. Number one, before I ever would tell a dealer to, to, to buy any outside leads, they obviously want to maximize our website and everything else. Number one, work your customer base, okay? That, that's number one. Make sure that we're converting. We have a good service back to sales program. Once we're doing, we're clicking on all cylinders there, then we can talk about all the other stuff. But in, until that, un, until then, Focus on you know first things first. That's what I would say. We don't. I don't think we need more leads. I think we need to do a better job with what we've already got. So not well quantity, quality, Mr. Matt Koenig, What do you say? 
would say that everything that Jen and Alan and Kevin just said is absolutely right, which means you have to learn how to do that stuff. So you've got to take the time to invest in yourself. Look, a lot of people, we, we talk about weak leadership, but the fact of the matter is that uh, many of us have worked at stores where we had weak leadership, we didn't get trained, we didn't get an education. The, the difference that makes the cream rise to the top is that you invest in yourself, right? You go look at a Mike Davenport, and I'm not, I don't know anything about his leadership, I'm not saying they're bad, but I'm saying that's a guy that spends his own money to go to places to learn, to get educated, things like that. So I, I, I just, if you want to be a pro, you got to do everything that Alan, Jen, and Kevin are saying if you want your dealership to be able to, to grow from within you got to do it, but you got to go somewhere to learn that stuff, whether it's hooking up with Alan Ram, whether it's our boy Grant Cardone, right, uh, or going to one of the conferences, you, you, you got to start educating yourself. So there you go. That wasn't even a, that wasn't even a plug for the rockstarautoconference.com where Grant Cardone is going to be in a couple weeks either. That was just, uh, just fact. What conference is it? Rockstarautoconference.com. Grant Cardone is actually, he's coming in on his birthday. So it's a good opportunity, but you know what, Mike Davenport, Matt Lasko, Jennifer Briggs, Bobby Hill, a lot of great people are going to be there talking about all the stuff that Alan and Jen and Kevin were just saying and showing people how they can learn to do their stuff on their own. So I, yeah. it would be worthwhile for anybody to go. Use the code STAR when you check out. You'll save some money, too, just because the, the good people in Auto Dealer Live are hooking it up and letting us say it right now. Awesome, man. Well, guys, thank, thank you. you guys thank so you. Much. Thank you so much. And uh, I, like I said earlier, that this was not even going to scratch the surface because th- when you start talking about this, then it just goes so many, so many directions. And um, and uh, so someone on Twitter was saying uh, Matt, Matt Koenig owned Jennifer Briggs today. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Come on, Jen, now. What? What? Uh. what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Did we even let Matt talk? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Man, a few words, and I still win. Oh. <laughs> it's the hair and Tommy beard when you combine these things. Well, hey, real quick, I'm going to give all of you guys a chance just a really quick. Uh, just uh, Matt, you got Rockstar Auto Conference. You, you just said that. Check it out, guys. Um, I'm not sure if there's any any in in person seats. I'm not really sure how you're doing that yet, but I know or left. But I know you can do it yeah, online. I got a couple well. left, so hook up. Okay, and then uh, Jen, you're going to be there. Jen, what you got going on? Um, that's any, anything else you want to you want to. Um, well, I got Internet Battle Plan next week in Houston. I don't know if anybody's going to be down there. But the last thing is it's great to self-educate. But just start following these people on social. You're going to yeah. learn a lot. You'll find out about the shows to go to. And ask questions. I promise you there's not a single person that was on this show today that would not answer your question via Twitter. Tweet me anytime. At I'm willing to answer and help anyone. At Next Level Briggs. Next Level Briggs. Okay. And then, Kevin, um, how, how can someone follow you? I know you're, you're uh, running several stores, but you're, 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 you always are involved with things that are going on social. and uh, Right. Yeah, you can find me at, uh, you find me on Facebook at Kevin Campbell. Um, I'm easy to find amongst the automotive circles. And uh, Kevin underscore Campbell, too, on Twitter. Um, you know, just one thing I would say to all the dealers that are, that are listening, invest in your people. You know, there's all kinds of conferences out there. Matt's got a great conference he's fixing to put on. Um, all the conferences out there. I've, I worked for a dealer for eight years before I really got introduced to this whole network of the conferences and everything. And it just really, it really lit my career on fire. So, uh, the dealers that are listening, invest in your people, pay to train them. You know, it'll come back tenfold to you. Um, and that's really, that's really all I got to say. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, and I told my friend, uh, regional manager over at Cars Direct, uh, TJ Stewart. He's a great guy. He's a great partner to our dealership. So, um, Cars are actually a great vendor for us. And I just told TJ I'd give him a shout out, but I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the forum, Mr. Villa. Uh, oh man, thank you, brother. 
Thank you, Kevin. And then, Alan, uh, we're let you. I know that uh, you got a brand new uh, social um, platform you just launched. Um, you've been doing it for a while, but you've been building the social platform. Also, you know, Kevin just spoke, and you, we've been speaking about John Marazzi and all these successful dealers. These guys swear by you. Uh, you get you get plugs every week, and um, and and uh, talk about how somebody can get plugged into your social selling platform and uh, take 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 yourself to the next level. Yeah, and give us a call, uh, 866-996-4665. I'm also easy to find on Facebook uh, through my company, Allen Ramps Proactive Training Solutions, or my uh, I've got an Allen Ramps Facebook, too. I think I just sent you, Kevin, I just sent you a friend request. Yep, I got it. Cool. Don't, don't leave me hanging. Don't act all cool. <laughs> don't wait 48 hours. <laughs> hey, Kevin, snobby. Ke- by the way, guys, Kevin's a beast. And Kevin, I want to get you back on for some other things we got coming on. Kevin's a beast. He's responsible for over, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin, over 600 deliveries a month go through your department with the stores that you guys are affiliated with. Is that right? Is that close? Yeah, we move. Yeah, we move close to a thousand, a uh, thousand vehicles a month out oh. of rural Pensacola, Florida. I'm sorry, I didn't mean I didn't I didn't mean to offend you by saying 600 because that's a long it's way. Like, from oh yeah, real close. 400 like, yeah, real, cars real off. Real close, jerk. Dave. Almost half off. Yeah. So uh, I just want to get, but listen, that uh, seriously, these guys are freaking, freaking crazy. So uh, thank you guys for coming on the show, and um, I hope you guys have a great weekend and a great rest, great Thursday and Friday. Thanks, thank you guys very much. Thank you guys. You don't go anywhere. We are going to be bringing on the next up right now. Mike, just give me the thumbs up here. We'll talk for a minute, and uh, we're going to be bringing on Don O'Neill. I want to talk to Don because we're talking about lead providers today. We only have a few more minutes here. We're going to bring Don on just for a few minutes, but I really am excited because Don O'Neill, and speaking of lead providers, I mean, what they're doing is crazy. And um, we're, we're, he's, a, he's a lead provider, but what we're bringing him on really to discuss what they're, what's able to be done, man, with, with, with credit. You know, with, uh, I mean, what's able to be done with this customer, what information, compliant information is available to dealerships. It blows my mind what's available. We ready to go? Don know. O'Neill with Credit Miners on the phone with us. Don, we appreciate you coming on. He's the next up. And uh, Don... Listen, man, I was just talking. We're talking to have the whole show's about uh, lead provider and, and third-party lead providers to do, to don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've been talking about all types of things. And the reason I'm excited about talk, getting you on the phone, I mean, yes, you're, you're a lead provider, and, and obviously you service dealerships across the nation. But I want to talk really kind of more excited to talk about what's available to dealers today if it, that they may not even know about. You know, what's really available from a compliance standpoint you know, no more, no more. You like, you know, you know, not knowing what's going on. But you're you're giving them a peek under the cover, so to speak, right? Talk about what's available, man. The dealers may not even know. Yeah. Well, first of all, Dave and gentlemen, thanks for having us on. And yeah, I mean, I think what a great show for dealers. And, and, and everyone wants to know: Should I buy leads? Do I build it organically? And the reality is, it's whatever you work at your dealership. But what is the most important thing for us? You know, what we do is we allow a dealer to take whatever leads they have, whether they're organic or third-party service leads, desking, and we allow them to either pre-screen, pre-qualify, or access farm credit. Uh, but what we do is, is we never introduce a Social Security number or the date of birth. And so what we always tell, dealer, tell dealers is this. A lead, I don't like saying how many leads did you get. What was the conversion? Mm-hmm. The reality is what was your conversion to sale because that's all that matters. And within that, if you have the right tools, your conversion to sale should be, you know, anywhere from 18 to 25% if you're doing a good job. And more importantly, that PVR should really equal, 
the effort that you put in. And again, I think you know, profit all of a sudden became a bad word in this industry about five to seven years ago. And the reality is, is that the better you work the lead, the more information you have about your consumer, the higher that gross profit is going to be. So what we do is we allow a dealer under the rooftop to actually pre-qualify a consumer or pre-screen a consumer mm -hmm. without a social security number, without a date of birth, and actually take that consumer all the way through to deal funding where the dealer never has to ask for a social security number or a date of birth from the consumer. Now, we do it with two products. One's called pre-qualification. The other one's called pre-screen on our new basis platform. And what we do is we take that consumer, we run them through a predetermined decisioning engine that is customizable to either the lender or the dealer, mm -hmm. and we stand them up against all three bureaus. So what, from, a, from a customer experience standpoint, we allow the dealer to see, you know, based on my indirect lending portfolio, which bureau actually makes the most sense for which lender. So if I know my captive is Equifax, but I know I have an indirect lender that'll take a 720 or higher TU mm -hmm. and it's got more depth in the file, that's where I should be sending my consumer. Because the reality here is, Dave, as you guys know, profit has become a back-end proposition nowadays, not a front-end growth proposition. Yeah. So securing that finance is so important. And, and part of that is the, the consumer experience. Are you consultative? Do you include your, your customer in that process? And that's really what this product is about, is to give the dealer, like you said, that peek under the covers, see the true credit situation of the consumer, because we do deliver a full file on pre-qualification with no impact on the consumer's credit score and no need for Social Security number data birth. So it's not an auto summary. It's not a score scrape. We're delivering a full file. And that's what's important. So that tool lets the dealer decide, do I have them on the right car? And how do I pencil this deal to make sure it funds? It's crazy because, Tommy, it, you know, it, it, uh, what Don's talking about, really, it doesn't matter. It's not a lead provider. It's no matter what lead. I mean, you could pull the, the guy off the street and run him through this process. I mean, whatever lead you have, whatever customer, even if they're your customer and you want to know where they stand today because maybe they bought a car four years ago from you, you know, that's what's amazing. And it's, to me, it's, it's, it's what's available, you know, in, in, in today's automotive realm that can help you get the leg up because we're on the internet right and everybody always screams about the fact in the that hey i can't i can't make any money because everything is so transparent well what what about how about if you had a leg up you know what if you had this peek under the cover that gives you the ability to put the customer on the right car that gives you the ability to make a little more money or to know what you're dealing with up front. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that and everything right with it because it gives you the unfair advantage. That's my opinion. Well, I was going to say, too, you know what it is, is, you know, when we talk about the leads and the salespeople maybe not working them efficiently or not being crazy about them, the quality is something like this where you, you know, where somebody can really get behind it because it's going to be a value to them. It's something they could, they can get behind because it's going to help them put a car deal together or help them structure the deal faster, or easier, better, or whatever have you. So yeah. it's about the quality as, as, uh, as much as, as anything. And, and even so, more so, the, the salesperson can get behind a lead like that. Yeah. The cool thing, Dave, also is, is that the reality is, is that one of the big things that's happening to dealers nowadays is we've seen credit unions get so much more aggressive in the auto lending industry. They're aggressively going after these dealers' consumers to capture that auto finance. And, and, and I tell dealers this all the time. If you don't know if you have a problem in, ca in capturing your finance rate, look at your CIT report, whether it's once or twice a week, and look at that column that says F&I chargeback. Because if you see customers going and refinancing their loans, they're doing it for a reason. And the reason is because you're not consulting, 
They're walking out of the dealership and they sometimes never even heard of the bank that they've been placed with. And the reality is, is that we know that they know what the rates are. Right. So at the end of the day, let's bring them involved in the process. Let's put them on the right car. And let's make sure that we're aggressively going after. Listen, there's lending sources out there that every month. I remember when I was getting deals five, six years ago, you know, BMO Harris had a no-look policy. If it was 70, if they had a 720 or better with no DROGs in the last three years, you didn't even have to submit an application. You packaged the loan and sent it in, and it was a 1.29 buy rate on 72 months. Lenders, indirect lenders, are providing these type of programs every month, and if you're aware of those programs and you're able to look at all three scores yeah. and look at their whole file and say, okay, where do I go to capture this loan and make sure I don't lose it to the credit union? That's so important because at the end of the day, we have shifted to an industry that the majority of our profitability is back-end profit now. Strong. Let me ask you this, Don. I mean, we, we uh, you know, we're almost out of time here now. But let me ask you a question, man. Where where do you see 2016 auto industry? You know, we're talking about leads in general today, and it's the L word. It's lead provider, third party. I mean, what do you think the number one secret? Because you're a car guy. I mean, putting aside what you do, what you do is amazing. There's going to be dealers that reach out to you. You're already working with so many. But you know, where do you see the car business headed in 2016? What do you see the biggest need is when it comes to what we discussed today in leads? You heard these guys go back and forth. What does it really rest on, you as a guy who's been in the car business for a long time? So, so I think I have an unfair advantage here, David, because we have a lot of data that a lot of people don't mm-hmm. because of our relationships with the bureaus and third parties. But let me say this, and I was speaking to this last year at a couple of the conferences I spoke at. We have a day of reckoning coming in this auto industry. And I can't tell you if it's going to be June. I can't tell you if it's December. But I can tell you this. Dealers have pushed forward their consumers and disrupted their trade cycle so dramatically that if they don't start getting very good at handling the leads that they have coming in, that it's going to be a very bad day of reckoning. The, the problem is, is what you're seeing is some soft pockets and areas where you have a dealer that may do 500 RDRs a month, and all of a sudden he does 220. And everyone says, wow, where did that come from? Well, where it came from is because you pushed forward 300 people out of their trade cycle because you probably traded them up two or three times. Mm. And what I tell dealers is, here's the deal. To me, the number one lead source that you have in your dealership is your service lane, and that lead source should be your service, not sold customers. Aggressively going after those consumers that you didn't sell a car to, to replenish your DMS, to make sure you're not cannibalizing your own customer base, and then whatever you choose to work, whether it's third-party leads, organic leads, website leads, make sure your process is just 100% sound and solid because the days of being able to blow a customer off and replace them with two more, they're over. Don, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to ask you, man. I know, I know you're, you're good for it. But uh, will you come on? If I'm, I want to do a show based on what you just told me. I've been thinking about something like this for a while called Day of Reckoning. I, you just gave me a title for it. Will you come back on in, a, in soon if we can get a good panel together and really just kind of talk about this subject that you just brought up, get some dealers on, and really just have a roundtable discussion? Will you come on? And what I'll do is I'll gather up the data from the Bureau so that, so that everybody has it to look at. I would love to. Anything for you guys. You guys have a great show. 
you're there for the dealers, and, and obviously we love being on, and we certainly appreciate you having me on. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. I know you've been busy, and and we'll get together here in the next few days and plan that for the and, and sometime in the next you know month or two. I want to I want to kind of move something around to get it on. I think that's because I think that we if, if we really believe in that, we need to get that message out, talk about it, discuss it, vet it out, so that dealers know you know what to what you know what they can do to 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 to, to sway that. How does a dealer get a hold of you? And, uh, and and how do they find you so that they want to talk about what you're capable of helping them with? So, okay, social media, at Credit Miner on Twitter. Link, Twitter, LinkedIn is uh, LinkedIn forward slash Credit Miner. Uh, our 877-213-7042 is our sales number and www.ecreditminer.com. Uh, we will be at NADA, so we look forward to seeing everyone there. We've got a lot of exciting things coming. I know you'll be there. I'm excited to see you there. And um, listen, a- anyone that needs me, my email address is doneal at ecreditminer.com. I answer everything. Awesome, man. Don O'Neill, thank you for being with us. I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, thanks so much. Great thanks, show. Don. Thank you. Well, there you go. Well, that pretty much caps it off, right? Yeah, I, I, that, that day of reckoning is going to be good. What do you say, Mike? Oh, it's going to be awesome. I say the day of reckoning. I see. I saw Tombstone immediately when you said that too. It's not about no, not about Tombstone. No, it's a because what does he say? He says Doc Holliday. He says no. He says it's not about it's not about revenge or something. He's like it's about the reckoning. He says that at the end when he's like, you know, if you're gonna make a reference, make it right. Then why don't you freaking Google it and well, find John, out what the reference is, Schmucko? He said, he said, he said why Johnny guy? Ringo? You just looks like, it looks like somebody yeah, just walked over your. You have been so passive aggressive today, like. Uber Me, I have? Yes. I'm going to be uh, You're going overtly z- you aggressive are, you if are you don't z- shut up. You are 0 to 100 <laughs> all show. Because I, I can't, the snark, can, it, can, it starts to wear. It's like a, it's like a, a beach erosion. And eventually he's going to choke you. Basically what he's saying is he's going to choke you with your own beanie if you don't be quiet. I will he can try. Mm. Mm. No, I'm bigger than you by a hey, lot. Ram right? on fire is next, right? Yes, it yeah, is. Ram on fire is, is happening right now. The good news is we got, the, we, got the, we got them started. Yeah, it's happening Right now. And before we leave, if you happen to miss any episodes this week on the Autotainment Network, you can always catch up on autotainmentnetwork.com and on the iTunes store on the downloadable podcast. Take it with you as you go on the road. Hey, the next up right now is Ram on Mother Hunch and Fire. God bless you. Good night. God bless.